Okay, everyone. Hello. It's the Dads of She Said with Danny podcast. Happy 2021. Yes. We cannot wait for a full year of baseball, a full year of awesome guests on the podcast. We are kicking the year off with actually a f- pretty fun player and one who's been stunting on us in terms of his fashion this offseason. Mm-hmm. Something new that he's been getting into. Marlins outfielder Lewis Brinson is going to join the podcast. He's pulling off socks over pants. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it really well if you check out his Instagram. So we'll talk to him about that. Maybe he'll show us some of his fashion, give us a little bit of a fashion show, some cool stuff in his closet. And we just want to talk about how the last season for him went, how incredible it was the Marlins dealt with the coronavirus and then that amazing postseason run, first time since 2003, what that was like in the clubhouse, maybe some behind the scenes information between him and his guys, Monte Harrison and Miguel Rojas, Brian Anderson, a bunch of those players that are super fun and young and talented. So can't wait to have Lewis on the podcast, Danny. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. And you know that that team kind of has the vibe. So ride the wave, right? Was, was the mantra, but I think that they've got a chip on their shoulder and nobody thought that the Marlins would be able to really even finish the season. I think at one point people were concerned about that and then they pushed through to the postseason and and did an impressive job. So we get to hear a little bit about how all of that went down. And then the other thing I'm interested to hear about is the mental side of the game for him. And he's really open about meditation and his preparation and mental health. And that's something we talk about a lot, something that's near and dear to our hearts. And I just think it's so important to learn how these guys play this incredible game. They are these robust athletes but at the end of the day if you don't have the mental side down you won't survive in baseball like you won't it, it is a grind mentally um and and i i'm excited to learn a little bit more about that and i think that you know i'm hoping he's going to share something special about miggy i know that they have a good relationship uh we're going to ask him about six sanchez everyone wants woo, to woo. Sanchez, like so we're going to ask him about him too um but I'm just excited to hear more about Lewis Brinson and and what he's trying to bring to the table. For those who don't remember, just a quick recap, by the way. So he was drafted by the Rangers. He was traded to the Brewers and he was in their organization. He was part of that mega trade that sent Christian Yelich to the Brewers to become an MVP, a superstar in the league. And then he comes down to Miami. He is a Florida guy. So he becomes this hometown hero coming back to Coral Gables to, you know, live out his dream playing for what was the Florida Marlins back when he was a kid, now the Miami Marlins. So getting into all that with him and his history, I think will be interesting too. So Danny, ready to welcome Lewis on the podcast? Let's rock. (laughs) <laughs> you guys hear me? All right. Hey, cool, Lewis. Cool, cool. What's, up? What's up? Hi. Sorry. Hello. Hi. I'm good. I'm good. What's going Chilling. on? Chilling, eating um, these sour pack, the sour bears. Love Best. caribou gummies. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. That's my midday snack. So it's after I woke up sh- from a nap and everything. Sugar rush. Yeah. I don't know like, what my hair's doing right now. I need to fix that. I think it looks pretty good. Well, you like it like that? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, supposed to do? Um, I'm getting it done tomorrow, so I'm having it braided. You guys should have waited till tomorrow. I'm getting a haircut from Juice and everything, so you guys get Oh, nice. Fresh. What, is, I like what it. does that entail? Like, And how long does that take? Haircut or the braids? All of it. So a haircut usually takes like 
20 minutes because maybe less only 20 minutes because we're talking and like in between him doing it there's only the sides so like he only has to do the sides and the, and the tape berating takes like two hours two and a half hours so she has to like redo all the all the dreads and then braid them up so like yeah it's two and a half three hours oh my god and how often do you get your hair braided every two and a half weeks <laughs> well i don't get it i don't get it braided i get it um like the dreads we twisted so like okay they're like new and then um every like two and a half weeks i get them retwisted and then like every other one of that i get it braided just so they grow faster okay it's like a different style instead of just like messy so so you own a lot of pairs of patient pants is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i have one so the lady i go to we have wine while she does my hair best way to do it mm-hmm. it's really the only yeah. way to do it yeah it, it gets us through and then we talk and stuff and i'm on the phone so time goes by she does it really fast those jamaican lady they they they're in their own world when they do it so awesome. i feel like style has been a huge part of your off season i mean your yeah. hair i mean clothes. let's talk about it let's, let's do talk it. About it let's get into it yes Let's so talk about you're in Florida. We're Danny's in Colorado right now and I'm in New York, but we're both based out of New York. So when we saw that you were here and you had a, your own fashion show, we were like, all right, yeah, come on. We got to talk about that. Uh, teamed up with Hilfiger. Shout mm-hmm. out to your stylist, Sandra, the Sandra yeah. effect. Got you completely dressed and you look fantastic and you're bringing back a new style. So tell us all about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. So um yeah so i met sandra like two and a half years ago at a art basel event in um, south beach it was um mike tyson's art basel event and she was like running it and helped you know style style mike tyson and everything so uh one of my friends introduced us like oh yeah she's a stylist i'm like okay cool you know i was just in um first full year in the league you know didn't really need a stylist i thought i had pretty good style at the time um (laughs) But um, so fast forward to now, this season, obviously there were no fans or anything outside the the um, stadium when we got there. And um, usually at home, at least, I wear like just this, like T-shirt, shorts and sandals. Like I really could care less. But then this year I was like, man, you know how to dress, you know, dress up, like go to the stadium, like how you would, you know, normally dress. So started dressing up, whatever. I get to the ballpark and like all the guys. So I walk past. So when we walk in our clubhouse, it's Miggy or it's Miggy right here, Alfaro, um, Aguilar, and it used to be VR. And then it was Mar- uh, Marte and Cervelli. So like those are like the critiquers of everybody that walks in the clubhouse. <laughs> so like I would walk in and they'd be like, oh, Lou, okay, you got flow. And I'm like, yeah, I just never wear it around you guys. He's like, oh, okay, I thought you dressed like a bum all the time. I'm like, no. <laughs> Not a lot of times. So going off that, then um, we had like the Marlins started doing like camera shots of us walking in, showing us because nobody could see us. Um, and, you know, I, you know, dress up, put some nice stuff on. And when I go to a clubhouse and then uh, the saucies, I'm like, you know what? I want to dabble in the fashion. I've always like liked how like Dwayne Wade dresses, the those NBA players that have like that swag. Yeah. Cam Newton. Um, yeah. I, I was like interested in how they dress. So, and I'm like, man, I can't pull any of that stuff off. Like, I've never tried to pull that stuff. I just wear tight jeans with holes, nice, you know, cool hip shirt, some nice shoes, 
couple of necklaces, a couple of watches, you know, some bracelets and call it a day. Um, so I was like, you know what, let me hit up Sandra and, uh, you know, see if we could do something, make something happen. She's like, I've been waiting for you to call me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> you know, let's make it happen. I'm like, all right, cool. So it started off, you know, um, I had a couple of things I would show up to and she would come over and, um, style me, pick whatever was out of my, um, out of my closet, put it on. It looks great. And then she kind of introduced me to the socks or the jeans. So when she first did it, I was like, Whoa, what are you doing? She's like, just, <laughs> just shut up. I'm like, what, what are you doing? My socks going under. What are you doing? She's like, just shut up. Trust me. I look good. So she put the socks over my jeans. I was wearing black jeans and like uh, Doc Martin boots. And she put some crazy socks over my jeans. Looked in the mirror. I was like, oh, this looks pretty good. So I went out in public world in Miami. <laughs> and, um, you know, I got some compliments like how I was dressed and the socks and the shoes and jeans and stuff. And I posted that picture. I don't know if you guys uh, saw it. So I was wearing a sleeveless kind of Marie St. Pierre shirt she gave to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, sleeveless, black jeans, dog march shoes, and like the tan and yellow black socks. So I was wearing that. And I decided to take a picture and, you know, shout her out and everything. And from then on, it just started kind of snowballing. And um, then she told me about uh, going to New York to uh, style or to model some stuff for Andy Hilfiger. I was like, hmm, okay, that sounds mm-hmm. good. And then um, Carlos Campos, the designer, made me some, some pieces and stuff. And um, he was kind of running. It was at his studio. And um, so that just came about. I met Andy Hilfiger, um, put on some vintage stuff, which was awesome. I got some stuff in the closet right now we'll get to that later i know you guys want to see that <laughs> yes. um but uh so i i did that and from then on it kind of everybody blew up and so everywhere i go now everybody's like oh model now huh no baseball i'm like what <laughs> i'm like no it's just a little avenue i took a little avenue you know to the left and then decided to you know do that so it's interesting but it's fun, definitely. It's a lot of fun putting on stuff, different things that you wouldn't normally wear. So I don't know. We'll keep it going. See how it I, goes. I have so many questions. I mean, you just gave us like the best answer to what is happening in your life right now. Do you raise the bar now? Like when you continue on now, you're going to spring training soon and your guys are going to see you like do you feel like mm-hmm. you've got to keep that up now that you can't go back to the ripped jeans and the t-shirt? Like <laughs> That style's gone. No, but the rip the yeah. rip jeans are in style, so Our you can definitely rock style. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely yeah. Style. But now, so you can't kill them all the time. You got to give them a taste. <laughs> so what I'm gonna do is in spring training. When the season starts, I'll you know wear what I normally wear. When spring training, one day I'll show up like this: sandals, maybe a hat, you know, shorts, basketball shorts, and just bum it out. Then the next day I'll come in and like, yo, what the, like, what, what happened from yesterday? Like to, two totally different outfits. So <laughs> you can't like always, one, you're going to run out of stuff to wear. Cause I don't have like that type of money where I just wear one thing and then throw it away. <laughs> but um, I can come uh, combine different things, but in spring training, like I'll mix it up maybe twice a week, you know, kill them with, with kindness on my outfits. And then, um the other times just wear whatever because we're getting up so early i'm not gonna feel like dressing up like that you know yeah totally 
who else on the team is a fashion icon that you guys can either swap advice, you know, and swap <laughs> some, some places to get some good stuff. Um, so Jorge Alfaro is a, he's, he like, he likes dressing up. His suits are pretty, pretty interesting. He wears hats, which I'm going to start matching him with hats this year. We made a little, I'm going to start uh, trying to compete with him on road trips. Uh-huh. But cool. he wears hats. Wait, wait, how does he that wears... go though? How are you competing? Like you just, you're showing so, like, up and. Uh, yeah. So like on road trips, obviously we have to wear suits. Um, we do. I don't know about other teams, but we have to wear suits on the plane. So he'll wear, you know, his, his suit and his hat and pouch and, you know, shoes, like different type of shoes and glasses. Like he tries to go all out. So I got to kind of try to match him. I had some suits made by uh, Carlos Campos. So I'll wear those and then mix in the suits that I already have. And uh, Sandra will help me out with that. So, um, but he's like one guy that I know, like he, he knows, he knows how to dress. Definitely um, has some swag. Miggy, of course, everybody knows with the shoes. He wears a different pair of shoes every day. Jordans or whoever else. I'm trying to think as them two are like top tier. Like, you know, they know how to, they got a good fashion eye um, <laughs> on the team. I think that's it really. Like guys that like come to the ballpark and like are swagged out. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I'm getting like mm-hmm. first day of school vibes too, because I feel like when you go to school, you're like, I need a new outfit. I need a new haircut. Like I got to look good for everybody. <laughs> like, is that how you feel as spring training is, is coming around the corner? No, I just, it's my time to get a haircut. <laughs> if spring training, if spring training was tomorrow, I'll show up like this. I don't care. <laughs> um but no no i would if like i said if spring training was if the report day was tomorrow i'd show up just like this before but on I a scale of one to ten on a scale of one to ten how excited are you to have baseball back probably 11 like moving up to 11 because you know obviously 60 game season last year thank they got we got that in um but obviously it wasn't the same no fans 60 games all the protocols it was you know tough to handle and tough to get used to but now spring training's back super bowl's over that means it's our turn yeah <laughs> um even though basketball is going on right now but you know I- eyeballs are going to be on us this year you know i'm excited i'm excited man we uh we got a good team um but yeah i'm very excited to see all the guys all the guys are mostly uh a lot of the guys are at jupiter right now just uh getting ready so we're all very excited i'm about to go up there at the end of the week and see the guys and take some light and stuff. So we've had a lot of fun watching you on the Marlins, but I want to take it back to what brought you to the Marlins because you're with the Brewers and then they announce mm-hmm. that you're part of this mega trade, right? That brings Christian Yelich to Milwaukee and then you mm-hmm. go to Miami and you're from Florida. Originally you're coming back as you know, the hometown guy, what goes through your mind when you first hear that you're being traded down to the Marlins? Um, so I'll give you a little backstory. So I was actually on my way to Brewers Fan Fest um, when I found out. So I had stopped in D.C. And um, like I said, on my way to Milwaukee and I get a call from David Stern saying, hey, Lou, how's it going? I was like, and the first thing I said was, where am I going? Because wow. I rarely get a call from the GM that you're getting traded. So, um, and I had already got traded one time, but the first time I didn't find out over the phone, I found out from Ken Rosenthal. So on <laughs> TV, I was in the training room. Wow. I was in the training room, but that's a different story. But um, yeah, so I'm on my way to Brewers Fan Fest and um, get a call from David Stearns. He's like, hey man, how's it going? But good, where am I going? And uh, he's like, so got good news and bad news. Um, bad news is, um, you know, you don't 
we won't see you at FanFest. And I was like, okay, is that good news is we traded you to the Marlins, so you're going to go back home. Initially, I was like, okay, all right, you can trade it again. The feeling of, like, defeat wasn't there. Like, the first time I got traded, like, oh, they don't want me. Like, mm-hmm. like feel unwanted, that, that, that uh, unwanted feeling. But mm-hmm. um, it was more of, like, a buildup of excitement. Um, you know, obviously called my mom immediately. I was like, mom, I just got traded in Miami. So <laughs> I'll see you when I get home. Um, and she, obviously she was excited. Um, and then news broke and everybody's calling me and texting me. I'm doing interviews. Friends are calling me like, yo, is it serious? You're coming back home? I'm like, yeah. Um, but so it was like a buildup. So like gradually got more and more excited. And obviously I sent that post out and I was really excited. I'm like, man, I'm going to, this has been my dream since I was in elementary school writing little uh, little essays like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, was, I think my mom might still have that letter um, that I wrote. I was like, oh, I want to be a professional baseball player for the Florida Marlins because they were Florida mm-hmm. Marlins back then. Florida Marlins. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I want to be a professional play- baseball player for the Florida Marlins. And here we are. So it's like a dream come true. So it, like I said, it was an excitement, a little buildup of excitement. But now, I mean... You know, you're kind of used to it now, but it's still awesome. Like, I'm living in Miami, um, off-season and during season. Um, you know, I'm from, you know, 35 minutes up the road. I get to see my mom whenever I want. Uh, she can come to game. Hopefully this year she can come to games now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that'll be fun again. So, It's interesting reading about you going there and the tag of the hometown guy. And and you've talked about the pressure that comes with that and how you've Mm -hmm. balanced that out. Where are you with that now? And how did you get to that place? Yes. So when I first got traded, obviously the, uh, the pressure of being the hometown guy and, you know, trying to put on for the city, you know, immediately um, as much as I didn't want to admit it got to me, um, you know, over the past year had to come with the realization of that and be honest with myself about that. Um, It did get to me, you know, big trade, you know, already putting the face of the team on me. Um, So uh, I was, and I paid attention to that, which, uh, you know, on my part isn't uh, mature in my, in my opinion, but it does happen to a young guy. Um, So put that pressure on myself. Um, And obviously it showed uh, my first couple of years, Um, but last year uh, had kind of a change of, I don't want to say a change of heart, change of mindset, whereas like, listen, like you're here for a reason. Stop putting all this pressure on yourself. Um, you know, you can't control what everybody else thinks or says or wants you to do or expectations of everybody else. You know, we have expectations of ourselves. you know, exceed those ex- expectations. Don't worry about everybody else, what everybody else thinks of you and everything. So that kind of like swayed me into like, all right, I'm now I'm just going to go play baseball. Um, it's been two years. Get over it. You know, it's a big trade, whatever. <laughs> Christian Yelich has had a great time in Milwaukee, great career so far. And uh, we've talked and, you know, uh, chit-chatted back and forth uh, when I went to Milwaukee in 18 um, and just, you know, congratulate him on all his success. And, um, you know, it's now I'm starting to realize, like, hey, man, like I said, just just get over it. You know, two years ago, play your game. Everything else will happen um, the way it's supposed to happen. So as of now, I'm over it. <laughs> pretty pretty over the trade um you know it happened and um you know I'm trying to make the put the models back on the map um so we can get a world series down here it's probably easier when you go back to Milwaukee to be able to say that to Christian Yelich when you have 
uh, a pretty great series there. I think you hit two home runs in one of those games, yeah? Yes, I did. The first game, I think, yeah, the first game when I first went back, yeah. yeah. You want to show everyone what you're missing, huh? What they're missing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was it was that type. It, I, it always had. So it happened when I was with the Brewers from the Rangers. I got traded. Um, obviously, I didn't play them in the big leagues, but in the, in the um, in spring training, we went to play the Rangers and surprise. I think I went three for five with two with two doubles or and a triple yeah. or something. And uh, Gallo actually threw me out. Um, so it was oh. three doubles. So yeah, um, my <laughs> boy Joey. Um, but so uh, JD texted me after that game. I was like, really? Like, <laughs> really? You're gonna do that to us? I'm like, hey man, you know, yeah. happen. Things happen. But it's. I mean, it's just. I think. Uh, Without you knowing, like your body's like, all right, we're gonna show them like what they're missing out on, you know, type yeah. thing. So I didn't really go into that game in Milwaukee like like that. I was like, oh man, I just got traded. Like this is a little weird. I'm in the visiting clubhouse. is weird, but um, I really didn't go into that game thinking that at all. Um, I was just, you know, excited to be with a new team. Obviously, I knew the guys on the other team and said what's up um, before the game. But uh, you know, I went into that game very relaxed, and you know, that happened. And then the it's next day, I think I went, yeah, so, yeah, subconsciously, I mean, it just, you know, it just happened. They got it happened. That was awesome. That was really nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably a lot of adrenaline, I would assume, flowing in that moment. And yeah. it sounds like you have kind of mastered the art of the mind, mastered how to overcome hurdles, adversity, maybe not completely, but you are, mm -hmm. you are like consciously working towards that. And that's something that you guys as a team dealt with a ton in 2020. I mean, you were the first team. Um, to really have COVID just rip through. And for you personally, you know, we've, we've heard, you know, guys talk about what it was like and, and how tough it was, but is there something that maybe stuck out to you more than anything else experiencing that um, with the Marlins? Yeah. So um, yeah, obviously, you know, I've grown uh, mentally uh, the past year. Um, I had to, or I would have been, you know, we, I would have been pulling myself out of the game. First of all, last year when that outbreak happened, you know, everybody's everybody's already writing us off. Um, last place in the division, they shouldn't be here, yada, 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 and all this stuff. So that kind of fueled us coming into spring training. Um, we knew what type of team we had. Definitely had a different team, more talented team uh, than in years past. And, um, you know, we knew we could compete with all the guys, uh, all the teams in the, in the least with, uh, you know, anybody. Uh, so going into that and then, Obviously, we get canceled, and then spring training 2.0 happens, um, and then, you know, we have a series against Philly. I was dealing with my own COVID situation at the time, so I was in the alternate site getting ready to come back, and, um, you know, all these positive tests come up, and I'm like, oh, man, our season's over, and uh, that's what I'm thinking in my head. So, um, you know, that happens. Obviously, the team, I'm, I'm communicating with the guys. They're all staying in the hotel um you know for I think a week and a half couldn't leave the hotel couldn't leave their rooms a lot of them going crazy um <laughs> yeah. you know understandably so um that's overcoming adversity in itself and then coming back with all with missing Miggy missing Alfaro missing Cooper um all the key guys in our lineup um and part of our team um you know Urania uh Sandy we're missing those guys and now we got to come back and kind of put a put a you know little streak together and for us to win I think it was six games in a row to start mm -hmm. off something like that um 
against good good ball clubs um, to come back and and uh, with our backs against the wall and kind of like, hey man, we're here, might as well, you know, show everybody that we're serious, that we we, we mean business. And as we got guys back, um, obviously people are writing us off. Oh, they're not going to be the same. Um, you know, those guys haven't played in two weeks. Um, you know, you can't just go from two weeks to nothing to facing big league pitching. And we definitely showed that we could. And as we got guys back, you know, the energy got a little better, a little bit more excited. And then obviously going into like the last couple of weeks of the season, we're like, man, we got a chance to uh, make the playoffs here. Let's make a push. So got all together. And uh, we had we had our little streaks there where <clears throat> things weren't really going our way. And we had players only meetings and we're like listen man we made it too far we've proved too many people wrong to make it this far to you know not make it you know we're already here might as well do what we can to make this thing happen and see how far we can go in the in the playoffs um so overcoming adversity was literally uh the definition of 2020 for everybody but for us in um, in particular on the baseball field um so proud of the guys so honored and proud to be a part of um that team that overcame so much. Um, and uh, we're going to keep overcoming stuff because I know people are, aren't uh, fully in on the Marlins yet. So that's okay. But uh, we're used to that. Not but yet. yeah, overcoming adversity. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But uh, they will be. But overcoming adversity um, last year was, was big for us. And uh, we're just taking that momentum into 2021. So it's going to be a fun year. You pointed out that critics said that when you beat the Cubs, you guys took down a team that you shouldn't have even been on the field with. Mm-hmm. How much of that underdog mentality fueled you guys this year? Oh, man, uh, that, that's what got us to as far as we got. Um, you know, that's what pushed us through all season. Um, obviously, we embraced the bottom feeders, um, the comment. Um, you know, we, we definitely embraced that. Um, it, it fueled us, man. If you just, just adding wood to the fire with every comment or anything that would come out, obviously you don't want to pay attention to it. You don't want to read it, but it was fueling us. So we used it as fuel. So anytime somebody would see something, they'd send it in the group chat. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> we go out and just beat a team that we weren't supposed to beat. Um, uh, you know, perfect example. We had to play on the off day um, and we had to face the ground again. We had just faced them, you know, you know, four something games before that. And um, everybody was like, man, this is a, this is an easy win for the Mets, blah, blah, blah. Um, we're coming in on an off day, yada, yada, yada. We're facing the best in the game. And the Grom is the best in the game. Um, but we came in and that was a small victory, but in our eyes, it was a big victory. Um, you know, we sending each other comments, tweets, Instagram posts, anything, articles that different reporters or media, whoever would say about us, it just, like I said, added wood to the fire. Like, okay, cool. We're about to show you that that's not true. So we just added fuel. Normally you don't want to look at that stuff, like I said, but um, that just fueled us. That kept us going. So we use that to our advantage. Well, I love that it fueled you because Danny and I, during the season, so we saw not on MLB network, but on another network, there were two analysts and a host talking about how young and vibrant and energetic and talented the Miami Marlins were. And I'm like, okay, I like this. I like what I'm hearing. And then the host (laughs) says to the two analysts, how many players in the Miami Marlins can you name? And the two analysts come up with three players and two of them weren't even on the team. So I was like, stop the disrespect right now (laughs) because y'all can talk about how you like this team so much. You obviously don't watch them. You have no idea who plays on their team. And 
I, I was thinking to myself, like, I feel disrespected. So I can't even imagine <laughs> as a, a young team how much that, that did fuel you. I love that. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it not so much, I guess it is disrespect, but. Oh, come on. It's, um, I mean, it's yeah, not like, it I, I'm not being like mean about it, but I'm saying like, come on, that's disrespect. <laughs> yeah, that's disrespect, but uh, especially for a big league baseball team. But again, um, we got to look the real. Baseball is not huge in Miami yet. We'll, we'll, we'll put that yet in there, Yeah. but it's not big in Miami. It's a party town. It's a basketball. Everybody loves the heat you know, especially going to games when we could go to games, um, sit in course. I was like a party. It's a huge, big party, especially when LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosch were here. It was insane. So everybody <laughs> knows Miami for, you know, Miami Heat and, you know, the party, South Beach. So, um, you know, talking to different people um, or listening to people talk about us is like, Marlon, who's on the team? We know anybody on the team. It's surprising, but it's not surprising, especially being from down here. So I think I'm, I'm kind of knowing it and used to it from being down here and experiencing it all my life. Like, oh, the Marlins, yeah, whatever. Now the Miami Heat, Miami Dolphins, blah, blah, blah. So people just talk about that and kind of put us on the back corner. So I'm kind of used to it, but um, we're trying to obviously turn that bus around. Um, but, yeah, it's a little disrespect. But, again, fuel to the fire. Just fuel the fire because – we know we have a good team. We know we have a team to compete with anybody, not just in the National League East, um, but all around baseball. And we're definitely going to prove that this year uh, with the fun that we have. <clears throat> I definitely think we embraced having fun on the field first and all, everything else will take care of yourself. If you have fun, you trust yourself more, you trust your ability, you trust the work that you put in every day in the off season. And you just play, we played a lot better when we were having fun. Um, you know, so we're just going to embrace that and uh, we're going to, you know, the, the disrespect isn't going to stop, but uh, I hope it keeps coming. Obviously, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want people to, to, to praise us too much. Cause then, you know, you're not going to pay attention to us. You expect us to, to win. We expect us to win. We want you guys to keep with the, Oh, they're not, they're not this, they're not that. Cause it just fuels us. So we, we embrace it. So keep it coming in my eyes. Yes, it's like that constant chip on your shoulder, even if yeah. your shoulders are, are finally full and full and filled out, you, you've got that little chip. And it's so mm -hmm. it's so fun to hear you talk about having fun and like making it a priority because we hear people talk about it a lot, but you guys are actually putting it into play. Your team obviously is like exploding with chemistry and mm -hmm. I think, I mean, I am not a health expert, but I assume since Florida has been pretty open through everything, there will be fans in the stands. I think Florida mm -hmm. will will definitely have that. I mean, I also think uh, Marlins Stadium is awesome. I, I think it's really great uh, when the roof mm -hmm. is open, especially. So how do you feel like, because you guys made that that postseason push, because you are changing the culture um, and you are making people realize that Miami is more than just basketball and football. Um, how do you mm. think that atmosphere is going to change once you guys get fans back in the stands? Okay, so first of all, you've never hit with the roof open during the day. <laughs> <laughs> Against Steven Strasburg and he's no. on that day. I so that's it. first and foremost. It is beautiful. It, it, don't get me wrong. It is, it is oh, beautiful. It, the stadium oh. is, is beautiful. I love, I love pulling up that stadium. It's a beautiful stadium and playing on that field is awesome, especially when there's people in the stands. But daytime with that roof open is brutal. But we'll save <laughs> that for another conversation. You're the expert. But, um, <laughs> so um, 
back to your question. So um, having fans in the stands, first and foremost, is, you know, that definitely helps you get up for games. You see people cheer, you're hearing people cheer. There's energy in the ballpark. People are cheering when you score. That stuff like that. I think, one, that's just going to fuel us um, off off starters. That's just going to fuel us. Finally having fans back um, in the stands. But I told the guys last year, um, obviously me being from down here again and knowing people around the city, knowing people in Fort Lauderdale, West Palm Beach, Miami, um, different people that I've met along the way. Everybody, I'm getting testimonies. I'm getting Instagram comments like you guys are making the city proud again. Um, you guys are you guys are awesome. Keep going. Uh, we're so proud of the Marlins right now. All the stuff that you guys overcame. And I made sure to, to share that with uh, the team. Mm. Anytime we have meetings, I'm like, guys, we have people behind us now. People aren't just like, you know, oh, man, the Marlins, whatever. OK, cool. Like people are excited. People that you know mean something to the city are excited to uh, they can't wait for us to come back next season so they can come to games like people are behind us. We have a lot of support. And I made sure the guys knew that because that helps that, you know, you don't want to just go out there and you know feel like your fans are against you. So that <laughs> definitely helped us um, fuel the fire and definitely, you know, play for the city of Miami. So having them back in the ballpark, I think, is just going to enhance our game even more. So I think one thing that you did to enhance your game specifically, I know we talked a little bit about mental health was meditation. I heard you talking mm -hmm. on MLB central about it. So for people who aren't that into it, how does it work for you? What's the best way that you implement it on a daily basis? And what's the biggest difference from when, uh, before, when you weren't meditating? Yeah. So meditation has been huge in my life the past year and a half. So after the 2019 season, uh, I was on the plane coming from Philly, I had a foot injury. So my, my year was done. Come back on the plane and I'm sitting, I'm sitting there on my first class seats, uh, leaning back, thinking of all the, all, all the things that I've been through. And uh, just thinking to myself, like, I'm going to have to change a lot um, going into next year because my career is not going the path I wanted to go and I need to do something about it. So, you know, either I had, I talked to myself, I, I was choice A, choice B. Um, either I'm going to choose choice A, choice A was, you know, do something you never done before to get somewhere you've never been, or we can choose choice B and blame everybody else and, you know, blame, you know, everybody's mother and whoever else on why you're not succeeding and all that stuff. And just keep trying to, you know, stay the course, you know, uh, was it go through the motions We can keep doing that. That's easy. You know, you've been doing that. That's why you stink right now. Or <laughs> you can go to, you know, different avenues and try to figure out different ways to get better and be better than everybody else. So I chose choice A, obviously. And um, literally, as soon as I landed, I was on Instagram and I saw an ad for Headspace. Um, that's an app for meditation and uh, it's apps for yoga and stuff too. Um, so as soon as I saw that, it was kind of a slap in the face. Like, okay, let me... You try this out. I've heard different guys talk about it and how that helps them stay calm and stay in the moment and um, kind of take it one day, one you know thing at a time, not jumbling up everything. Um, so I tried that, and then um, uh, the first couple of sessions, you know, it was just sitting there and a bunch of thoughts are going through your head, and you're trying to sit there in silence in your own thoughts for ten minutes or I, I did like five minutes to start off and kind of breathe and think about your breathing and all this stuff. And I couldn't, couldn't do it the first like week. I was like, man, this is stupid. Like nothing's happening. 
so then I saw an ad on TV, the Calm app. Uh, LeBron was um, promoting it. So I was like, man, let me try a different app. Maybe that app's not for me. So try a different app. Um, I go on Calm app and they have like noises. So like you can have like white noise, rainforest, um, a creek, um, nighttime, fire burning. Like you have all these different um, noises you can have. So I meditate now. I've been meditating from, I think, last off, se- or off season, like 2019 going into 2020. I meditate to like a creek, like a forest creek, uh, like a river type thing. Uh, it just puts me in a good state. So now I do 10 to like 12 to 15 minutes. <clears throat> and so they just sitting there, um, close my eyes. I do it in the morning every day. So I wake up at five in the morning every day. And that's the first thing I do. I look in the mirror, brush my teeth, put some deodorant on, come in the living room, um, put my headphones in and just sit there and meditate. So it's like literally just breathing, uh, working on your breathing, working on, there's a lady that is in your ear and she's, um, Sometimes we focus on breathing. Sometimes you focus on how your feet feel. Sometimes you focus on how your neck feels, your back, ears, your head. And you're just like pinpointing different parts of your body and while focusing on your breathing. So meditation ultimately helps me stay the course throughout the day. So focus on what I need to focus on in the morning and then in the afternoon and at night and without thinking about anything else. It also helps me um, not really care about what other people think of me. I've had a problem with that in the past. Um, where like, I'll be walking down the street and like, oh, I don't want to walk on that side because there's too many people. They might find it's weird how I'm walking or something, something stupid. Sure. And um, it's helped me to be honest with myself, other people. If I'm not into something or I don't want to go to wherever you're going, like, I'm going to tell you like, hey, listen, I'm not going to go. Whether it makes you upset or not, like you'll get over it. It's fine. Um, so if I need to stay an extra hour to work out and work on some things on need to work out on, I'm going to stay an extra hour and not worry about like, oh, this man, this person doesn't want me to stay this extra hour or he's going to think I'm going to try hard um, by staying this extra hour. Like, no, I'm going to stay this extra hour because it's going to make me better. It's going to enhance my person. So mm-hmm. I'm going to, my game. So I'm going to stay this extra hour regardless of what you think. Um, it, it definitely, I think that's the biggest thing, like not worrying about whatever else, everybody else thinks of you, what the world thinks of you. Like be yourself, um, wear what you want, talk how you want, be who you want, eat what you want, do whatever you want to do, what makes you happy. And obviously makes you, it, it enhances your life and makes you a better person. So just do it because you want to do it. But um, ultimately that's what it does for me. So it helps me trust myself more at the plate, on the field, in the clubhouse, helps me turn the page better. So if I had a bad night or if I had a good night, it helps me turn the page. When I find myself speeding the game up a little bit, I could take a step back take deep breaths. Uh, if you see me on deck some, sometimes this year, um, I did it last spring training. So I'll like, I'll take, like, I'll try to take 10, um, deep breaths while I'm doing my little routine, swinging my bat with the weight on it. I'll try to take 10 deep breaths in, uh, breaths out. And by the time I get to the plate, I have my plan and I can focus on that and not focus on who's on the mound, who's in the field, you know, what I have for breakfast that morning. (laughs) Like you just focus on like, the task at hand. And then after that, now I'm a base runner. Like it just helps me, you know, focus on what I need to focus on at that point. So um, it has been uh, working, working wonders up to this point. And I'm going to keep, you know, keep it up um, as long as I can. And for anybody out there that's trying to kind of figure out what meditation is and if they should do it, I say hundred percent, do it, be patient with it. The first like two, three weeks is going to be weird. Like you're just sitting there in your thoughts closing your eyes and breathing. 
um, it, it helps. You just got to give it time. I think mental health is so important. I think meditation is so important. And I remember when I was playing softball growing up, my mom would be like, Danielle, when you get in the on deck circle, visualize yourself getting a hit. And I was like, no, mom, that's dumb. I need to do other things when I'm in there. And no. she was so ahead of the curve. And now like I'm, I'm very much the same and um, meditation is important, but what I think is also important is our like sports and leagues recognizing how big of a deal that is. And just to kind of tie in, I just saw today part of the health and safety protocols that MLB put out was having mental health and well-being resources provided mm -hmm. to you guys. Mm -hmm. And from your perspective, how important is that? Or what does that say to you that the league wants to implement that? Well, it says that mental part, the mental health is a huge part in our game. Like I, everybody says, oh, the game's 90% mental and rest physical. I say 99.9% .9 mental and the rest is physical. Everybody else has, everybody in the big leagues um, has physical talent or you wouldn't be there. Um, what gets in our way and what diminishes us is our mental health. So you go in and you get to the big, which happened to me. It's the big leagues had a great minor league career. You get to the big leagues and now the game speeds up. Now your mental state is telling you like, oh man, maybe you're not good enough to play up here. Oh, this guy's better than you. You know, you have those little thoughts in your head and it creeps in and it snowballs and it makes your physical side shut down. So all your physical talent and your athletic ability will shut off on you. And now you're trying to figure it out. That's what like you go in the cage, try to change your swing you're in the, you're in your room trying to change it. Oh, maybe this will work tomorrow. I'm going to try this tomorrow, you know, and it just snowballs on you, which shows how powerful the brain is. So I think MLB implementing that is just showing everybody like, listen, mental health and mental uh, fitness is so important in our game, especially in our game that we need to make sure that we provide that for guys. It's extremely important. There are so many people that look up to you that I'm sure from hearing even this podcast or hearing you talk about it on any other platform, we'll use it as a way to say, you know what? It's worth checking into. Lewis mm -hmm. said, it's cool. I'm going to go do it too. Um, <laughs> so on, on top of the safety and health protocols, yeah. you're talking about the runner at second and obviously the seven inning double headers. Do you like that beyond a COVID season or is that just part of this season? Do you believe and shouldn't be implemented going forward? I think it should be. Um, I like you like seven like inning double headers. I love the seven innings. I did. We did it in the minor <laughs> leagues. It, um, so my first nine inning double header was in St. Louis in June, and it was so hot. Mm -hmm. So nine innings. I played the first game. All and I think I played. I think I played left or center. One of them doesn't matter. It was hot, and for the first game and. Counts comes up to me and says, hey, you're in there second game. I'm like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> so I um, had to change my undershirt, my uh, everything I was wearing under my uniform. I had changed all that out because I was soaking wet. Um, it's, it's a lot. And if you go extra innings, now you got, say you go, you know, 15 innings the first game, and now you got to play a whole another nine-inning game. That's just – that's a lot, man. That's a lot. So, like, the the rule of seven inning double headers, first of all, great. If you go extra innings, say you go nine innings and you're just playing a regular game, and then the next game you got seven innings again, and then the extra inning rules uh, starting the runner at second base, it's a little strange. It seems a little like how guys would say, like a little little league 
but it definitely helps the game go faster. You know, if you're out, you got a travel day that day, you play 16 innings. Now you got to travel to another city. That's a little rough. Sometimes you get in a city at five in the morning. Now you got to, you, your sleep schedule's all off. Uh, you're not performing at the best of your ability. So I, I like it. I don't know how other guys feel, but I think uh, us as a team, we definitely liked it this year, uh, this past year, um, putting the guy at second base and, you know, just having, all right, you got to you gotta play the game, bunt him over, you uh, hit, it to, hit it to the right side. Now you got to play small ball. And we definitely use that to our advantage, steal third. Now you got a guy at third base, no outs. You got a better chance of scoring them. So there's different factors. There's different strategies in the game that you have to use now. So I like it personally, seven inning and putting the guy at second base in extra innings. I like it. I think everyone can agree that nobody likes summer in St. Louis. So uh, hmm. I'll go ahead as the president. St. Louis in and say that uh, we don't even like it there. So I feel you on that one. That might be worse than Florida, honestly, because there's no breeze. It's just still yeah. hot air r- hugging your body. I'm I'm sweating just thinking about <laughs> two nine inning games in June. So what That's wasn't fine. included in the health and safety protocols was the DH. What are your thoughts on the mm-hmm. DH? Um, I like the DH, um, especially universal DH. I was just watching MLB Now. And Smoltz was talking about how, you know, one, pitchers haven't hit in a year. So, you know, you go, you run the risk of injuring some, like, key guys. I'm sure, like, some teams don't want their ace hitting and if they don't want – if they haven't hit in a year. And then going forward, if we don't – if we implement the DH, say, in 2022, why would you um, not have it this year? And that didn't have it last year, and you're gonna ha- you're gonna have it, you know, going forward. Like, why would you just have it for this year? Um, there's really no point. So, and then lengthens out lineup lineups a little bit, makes the game a little bit more exciting. Pitchers have to worry about all nine guys um, instead of having that one guy where it's like, okay, he's not gonna give me as much trouble. Um, and again, I think uh, you know, pitchers haven't hit, and I don't know any pitchers that have like really hit this year, so or this off season worried about it um so i think it, like health wise i think it's smart to have dhs in both leagues and just going forward and again it just adds excitement so we're gonna get to rapid fire in a second but i think mm-hmm. that you said you wanted to show us your closet did you say that <laughs> did you say that did i say that hold on <laughs> I, that. I didn't know we were getting a fashion show today by the way this was not no, no, fashion i'm not gonna try it on pre-production meeting that alexa and i had we're just gonna we're gonna pull out some different things that i got first is the tommy ho figure oh, like stop it that is Lotus, so tight yeah that's nice different colors i haven't worn this out yet but when i do do you have an idea on. where you're going to wear it? No idea. I'll probably wear it one day going to the field. I don't know. Since we can't really go anywhere, you know, during the season. Let me tell you um, something. That I'm... is going to get all of the reactions. <laughs> People are going to be obsessed with that. Dope. I might wear it on the plane. I'll see what Donnie lets me wear it on the plane and just wear it to another city. Might wear it in New York. That'd be probably a good place. There you go. Okay. Um, New York will so appreciate got... that. By the way, that gets a 10 yes. out of 10 for me. Yeah. Right? The sweater. That's arena. gorgeous. <sighs> okay. So, a little uh, college preppy sweater. Yep. Um, I put on some LBs this offseason, like muscle-wise, so just kind of tight. Um, <laughs> and, the, and the V-neck is a little low, so I don't know. We're going to have to see if where we wear that. And I'll give that a seven. They, 
they they gave me this uh the mercedes line that they have love it um, love it yeah this one's cool did you get like a cool box that this came in like a cool package or did you take this straight from the set like i know sometimes no. the boxes are dope no, no, no i took it straight from the set so like i i i uh modeled all that stuff you said on one of the sets that you were actually stealing the stuff jokingly obviously jokingly but um i actually um uh, I, I didn't steal it. I purchased it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this was a gift from Sandra. Oh my god! I love that. Oh my so, god! It's really, really, really hot. This is for like ten below zero. That's um, so we got yeah, we got the little Tommy emblem on there on the side. That is so good. Very cool. And then I don't know where. I think it's in the dry cleaning. But I don't know where the American flag. Uh, yeah, it's in the dry cleaning. My girlfriend just told me it's in the dry cleaning. Um, <laughs> the American flag, <laughs> the American flag uh, button down I was wearing um, when we went to the Miami Design District with the team. Yeah, I was wearing that. So that's that all the stuff the, that I that got. wasn't the Snoop Dogg one though, was it? No, 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 no. That was actually yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yeah, yes, it was. there you go. Yes, it was. Uh huh. Yo, when when so. you put that on, and I was like, is is that the Snoop shirt? Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, that's so tight. Yes, He's rocking the Snoop shirt. Mm-hmm. That's so, that's yeah. swag to be able to pull that off. Appreciate yeah, that, man. That's that is so sick. So sick. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna we're gonna implement those. Um, I might wear this one, the the big coat jacket thing, um, when we go to like Philly or New York, just to wear it, you know. That's right. Because if it, early in the season, it'll be freezing. So it's fashion. You can do what you want when you want. Exactly. That's the beauty of it. But yeah, yeah but you got to exactly. pull up to cities that one are cold and two that you just want to stun on. Yeah. Like, I'm, here. I'm gonna I'm gonna just wear it because Miggy, Miggy hates on me a little bit, <laughs> and I love it. So like. I'll wear stuff and, you know, I'll put uh, like jeans and I'll put my socks over my shoes or over my jeans and wear shoes. I'm wearing crazy stuff. I wear glasses, like clear glasses. And Mickey's like, what are you wearing? <laughs> I'm like, it don't look good. He's like, no. I'm like, well, I guess we have to do, uh, agree to disagree here, Mickey, because I look great right now. Maybe like, dude, jealousy um, never look good on anyone. Yeah, right? you should That's start an account and, and you should get his rating. You should have him rate your outfits. I feel like that could be fun. That could it be- would be fun. They would all be like, unless I wore what he wore. So Miggy, I'll tell you what Miggy wears all the time. <laughs> so Miggy wears a plain t-shirt, a bomber, necklace, ripped jeans, and like either uh, like, I don't know, like fancy shoes, like I don't know. I can't really get a designer um, like Christian Louboutin or like Giuseppe's who wore Giuseppe's. So he plays um, it super that, safe is what you're saying. It looks good. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but, but it's super safe. Right. Right. That's right. 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 Not like maybe I feel like himself. if you go in his closet, he has 30 bombers, <laughs> bomber jackets. All right, Lewis, that was right. an epic fashion show. Thank you so much for that. It's time you're for welcome. rapid fire. We're going to throw right. some stuff at you. First thing that comes to your mind. All right, let's do it. Better nickname, Sweet Lou or Bryn Diesel? Mm. <laughs> I kind of, Bryn Diesel, Bryn Diesel, because I kind of got rid of Sweet Lou because everybody thought it was sweet. I was too sweet. I was too nice. So I got rid of that. Bryn Diesel's our pick too. Yeah, we like yeah, that. yeah, Bryn Diesel. I like that. All right. Better post-game celebration, 
cigar or a beer? <laughs> That's tough. Come on. <laughs> um, so we're going to go with a beer because cigar is like very, very special occasion. Like you, you know, moving on to the next round of playoffs. I'd rather have like a Corona every other night than a cigar. It's not really good for you. Cigars are like every other, every now and then. So I'd say a Corona, nice ice cold Corona with a, with some salt and um, a lime, nice juicy lime. There we go. Yeah, it's yeah. delicious. It's almost happy hour. Mm-hmm. Would you rather walk in a runway show or party on a boat in Miami? Oh my God. Oh, party on a boat in Miami, 100%. <laughs> I haven't walked in a I haven't I haven't walked in a run on a runway yet. So yeah, I don't know want to. one said yet. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Keyword. But I have to practice my walk first. So yeah. Oh my god. Definitely, I'm... definitely on a boat, in Miami. I'd rather be on the water. I, I kind of want you to show us your walk. <laughs> no, no, not happening. Um, maybe, maybe another time, but how about a runway on the boat on a boat in Miami? There that you go. That happen. That's fashion Epic. week yeah. in a nutshell, right there. Right, Perfect. right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. All right. What about your dream meal? What do you dream about when it comes to food? So a nice thirty ounce ribeye steak from Mastros and butter cake, also from Mastros. I don't know if you guys have been to Mastros. But you need to treat yourself. I would go there by myself. I wouldn't even go there with your husband or a boyfriend or whoever. <laughs> I would go there by myself, sit at the bar, um, order whatever you want to order, but then get the butter cake. It'll change your life. All right. Would you rather rob a home run or hit a walk-off? Hit a walk-off. I've never hit a walk-off home run. I've hit one in the in, – I've robbed a home run. Shout out to Mookie and Juan Soto. But um, we'll I've, – I've hit a walk-off home run – in the minors it was cool but like in the big leagues that would be dope so probably hit a walk off home run one thing about your best friend Miguel Rojas that fans don't know he does really good impressions really good even though his accent it makes it funny but his like his accent like so we have um they probably know he's funny he's energetic he keeps the clubhouse loose he's our leader but he'll if you wear a crazy outfit like he might do this this to me this year so we have um tommy evil he's a pitcher in our organization and he's country guy wears like camo everything um boots jeans shirt tucked in looks like a cowboy so in spring training every year miggy will pick out his craziest outfit and he'll put it on so he'll put it on and he'll wear it to practice and like he'll put it wear it in the weight room in the um training room on the field but he like walks like him and tries to talk like him but the talking part isn't really that impressive but like just the fact that he can pull it off like he he does really really good impressions it's it's really funny so who wins in a dance-off between you and Monte because I heard he's a pretty good dancer Monte Monte can dance I can dance I can move you know what I'm saying? Like I have rhythm. I have a lot of rhythm. I can do, you, you see Hitch. Yes. Like when he's doing like the States, I've side arms, 90 degrees. I could do that. <laughs> I could do the electric slide really well. I could do the keep shuffle really well. I could do the wobble really well. I could do the woe really well. You know, all that, all the hip dances and old school dance I could do. But like he does some like America's best dance crew stuff sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, probably Monte Harrison. That's great. All right. Yeah. What about- I'm a close second though. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll see it one day. Would your girlfriend agree with all of this? I'm just wondering if she's like, I don't think any of this is true. Yeah, she'll agree with it. Babe, you agree that uh, I'm second to my, you see Monte dance. Yeah, she, yeah, she said yes. Yeah. Okay, all right. One word to describe Sixto. His confidence, his, like I said, his confidence, his swag, just he, I don't know if you guys see the little shimmy, like when he throws a ball or like somebody hits him, he's like, Psst all right, now, like, I'm pissed. Now nobody else is getting it. Like, <laughs> he just has that, like, demeanor, that charisma about him. When he steps on that mound, like, I throw 100. I have a nasty sinker. I have a nasty changeup. And Pedro Martinez said that I'm good. So, <laughs> I mean, what else do I need to really say or do? So, but he just had, when he gets on the mound, like, when it's 6 a day, like, we'll walk in the locker room. He was there for, you know, not long. Yeah. And when it was six to day, like we announced in the locker room, like it's six to day, it's six to day, it's six to day, like everybody watch out. Um, but he just just has that confidence, man. Like I've never been behind somebody yet that have had that has gone on that mound and just walked out there and just like known like he's gonna have a good day. You know what I'm saying? Like he just he has that, he has that it factor. Charisma is really, a really good. word. We'll take that. Yeah, I'm about to say that's a that's a vocab word. That is a vocab Just, word. That yeah. is a vocab word. So I'd say charisma. Yeah, we'll go with that. Oh, here's a good one. How would you plan an off day with Derek Jeter and Kim Ang? So I haven't met Kim yet, so I don't know her vibe. So she seems pretty cool, calm, and collected like me. So I'd probably say go to a nice brunch. Jeter, I think, would like a nice brunch. Go to a nice brunch, nice restaurant, overviewing, overlooking the water. Go play golf for the day after brunch. Have, like, play 18 holes of golf. Everybody go home, get changed. We'll go out to a nice dinner. Again, talk about whatever we want to talk about. Nice, nice uh, dinner. I don't know, again, I don't know what kind of food Jeter or Kim likes. Um, So we're going to go with sushi because I love sushi. So we go to a nice sushi restaurant, again, on the water, somewhere on the water, probably Zuma in, uh, in the Epic Hotel, Miami. Um, and then just end the day with that. Yeah. Maybe have a drink or two. I don't know. I can, no. I can um, vouch Kim uh, likes healthy food. I know this okay. about her. And she does like to be by the water. So you pretty much, you know, you nailed it, basically. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You also, with that much planning going into a day that might not ever happen you set the bar very high for valentine's day for the day that you're gonna provide like every day going forward <laughs> the oh, bar is very high my friends it's all, it's all back here we are in, like minute by minute <laughs> no idea no idea it's gonna be great lewis we end every podcast the exact same way we make our guests tell us an embarrassing story what do you got for us off the field I'll tell a breakup story in high school. So I was in high school. Um, like I think my freshman year, had a little girlfriend. And so we meet after school. We would meet after school at the same location every day. Like me, my, my friends, her friends, um, baseball friends, like everybody would just meet right there. So she had sent me a text that I, haven't, I hadn't gotten yet that we had broke up. 
So I hadn't gotten the text. I didn't check my phone. So that particular day, everybody's out there. Like, mm. I mean, everybody. <laughs> so I walk up to her and I like go to give her a hug and kiss and stuff. And she like pulls away. I was like, what's up? And she's like, you didn't get my text? I was like, what? <laughs> and I looked at my phone and it said, sorry, like, you know, I think we should see other people, blah, blah, blah. And um, she's like, yeah, like, I thought you got my text. Like, I'm sorry. And like, everybody just happened to be paying attention. So like, I got, I, I read it and just walked off. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm in total embarrassment at that point. So I literally just walked off and yeah, I was into that. So, oh, that was man. pretty embarrassing. Like everybody was out there that day. <laughs> <laughs> everybody was in the courtyard that day by the by the the basketball gym. So, wow. and I got in. Yeah, bro, she broke up with you. I'm like, yeah. So, yeah. where's she you now? You don't have to laugh that hard. Where's she now? That you know, I have no idea. That's no awesome. idea. Yeah, no clue. She missed out. Peace out, loser. Right. Yeah, you're doing okay for yourself. Now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lewis, thank you so much for coming to hang. Yes. Thank your girlfriend for yeah. letting us borrow you for the last hour. What a saint <laughs> she is. Uh, we look forward to watching you this year on the field. It's going to be awesome. Can't wait for baseball to be back. Finally. You want to say hi? Yeah. Come say, say hi. Don't say hi. No, you don't. Just come say hi, bro. I call her bro. I call her bro. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I call my boyfriend bro all the time. <laughs> Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Noelle. <laughs> well, thanks for letting me, us borrow him. Yeah. I'll borrow me. Keep him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, but sounds like you guys had a great interview. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. He was an absolute gem. The real deal. Okay. Yeah, he really like... is. I have to agree with that. What? Oh, you're a gem. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, have a great rest of the offseason, and we'll see you on the field soon, all right, ma'am? All right. See you guys. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.